Hi, this is Jonathan Marks. In this podcast, I review the wonderful book Brick by Brick, How Lego Rewrote the Rules of Innovation, written by David Robertson. The book was published in 2014 and has been written with Bill Breen, a founding member of the team that launched the magazine Fast Company. Well, right out the gate, I'd better make a confession. I am what's known as an AFOL, an adult fan of Lego. This means that I'm one of hundreds of thousands of mostly adult men around the world with far too much Lego in the garage. That painful admission out the way, I did approach this book with an innovation lens, given not just its title, but the pedigree of the author, David Robertson. Robertson, at the time of writing this book, was the Lego Professor of Innovation at IMD Business School in Switzerland. He's now a Professor of Innovation at both MIT and the Wharton School of Business. His role at IMD brought him into very close, almost intimate relationship with Lego, the company, of course, not the toy, and this afforded him unfettered access to the company and its records, meeting minutes, key stakeholders and innovation strategies. In Robertson's hands, this was used to craft an, craft an absolutely fascinating narrative of a company that must have a brand easily as well known as Apple. What I enjoyed in the book was the very open and honest presentation of the troubles that Lego experienced in the early 2000s as the company appeared to be hurtling towards bankruptcy. The book examines not just the factors that led to this brush with financial disaster, but how a skilled management team led by a former McKinsey consultant, Jorgen Knutstorp, returned the company to profitability and positioned the innovation strategy in a way that provided stable and sustained growth. But let's back up a little. While I'm sure we're all familiar with the Lego company and the product, and I would guess that there are at least a handful of people listening to this podcast who have also suffered the indescribable agony of stepping barefoot on a piece of Lego, Incidentally, something shared by at least a half a million people based on the Facebook group devoted to those who have had this particular experience. Not many people know the history of this family-owned Danish company. The name Lego emerges from a mashup of two Danish words and means in English, play well. You'll forgive me, but I won't embarrass myself by trying to pronounce the two Danish words. Visiting Denmark about 10 years ago, uh, yes, it was for a Lego workshop, I was told after having totally butchered the name of the city we were traveling to that Danish is not so much a language as an affliction of the throat. Anyway, I digress. The, the company was formed in Billund, Denmark in 1932 by Ole Kirk Christensen, a master carpenter. Christensen produced beautiful handcrafted wooden toys around the principle of hands-on, minds-on play, a principle that still guides Lego today. After many setbacks, including having the factory and all of its inventory burnt to the ground, Christensen, working with a system developed by a British inventor, diversified his fledgling small business into creating an automatic binding brick out of plastic. The Lego brick that, of course, we're all so familiar with today. Amazingly, just six eight-stud bricks can be used to create over 915 million different combinations. This incredible versatility is what creates the belief at Lego that the only limitation to the product is the imagination of the builder. As Lego says, we've got the bricks, you have the ideas. 
As Christensen built his business, he developed mostly through his own trial and error and the relationship and knowledge gained over time, six guiding principles. These served as beacons to guide decision-making at the company, and I think they have a universality to them that would be useful to most businesses, irrespective of the industry or vertical you're in. I mentioned these briefly, but I've included them in the companion infographic. Number one, values are priceless. There are a number of stories about how the company lives its values, especially when being a founder-led business. The motto, only the best is good enough, came from Christensen and still adorns the wall in the staff canteen at the Billund headquarters. Number two, relentless experimentation begets breakthrough innovation. Lego spent nearly a decade tinkering with the coupling system that connects bricks together until it was absolutely perfect. The single-minded pursuit of the Lego brick was finally patented in 1958, despite the Danish toy industry publication at the time stating that, and I quote, plastics will never take the place of good solid wooden toys. Number three, not a product but a system. Christensen's son, Godfrey, who took over the business in the early 1950s, had a chance encounter with a toy buyer from Copenhagen while travelling to the London Toy Fair. The buyer suggested that, at least as a retailer, what he was desperate for was to move away from single purchases of toys to an integrated system that saw children and their parents returning again and again to add to the system. This idea stuck with Godfrey, and this sparked the Lego system of play and the interoperability of Lego bricks and parts. Thus, Lego bricks from the very first set ever produced will still work today with the latest Lego Star Wars or Harry Potter kits. Number four, tighter focus leads to a more profitable innovation. This rests on the notion supported later by Steve Jobs that innovation is in fact about saying no to a thousand things, knowing what to leave out, even when it's really good, can sometimes deliver far better results. Number five, make it authentic. Though it may seem odd that a small, brightly colored chunk of plastic could be seen as authentic, remember that this is just a tool in the hands of a child or an adult and gives the ability to make a fantasy or make-believe world come true. And for most of us, adult and child alike, this make-believe world is a fractal of our own worlds and lives. Number six, first the stores, then the kids. While this principle seems very retail or product specific, I think it suggests that understanding your market clearly and your customer is absolutely essential. Lego grew rapidly into the 1990s and by the time that Christensen's grandson took over the business, it was cash rich and poised for massive growth. And then it all went wrong. Lego embraced the waves of innovation that swept the corporate world in the late 1990s. Everything from open to disruptive innovation and expanded into a diverse set of products, ventures and new businesses. The growth in new toys almost tripled over a five-year period while sales remained stagnant and profits plummeted. By the end of that five-year period, Lego was losing almost 200 million Danish krona a year. An external CEO was brought in, Paul Plowman, the former COO of the Danish home electronics equipment maker Bang & Olufsen. Plowman oversaw the continued growth and boosting of innovation at the company and helped to shape the Lego Seven Truths of Innovation. 
I list these truths in the companion infographic, and while they played a role in driving the company into further losses, they were also deployed as the means to bring the company back into profitability. And I think these innovation truths are a great framework and certainly worth embracing. It would seem, though, from the Lego story that this needs to be done with a degree of controlled enthusiasm. During Plowman's time at the helm of the business, the company found itself involved in everything from product tie-ins with McDonald's to the development of theme parks, music, television and software. Many of the decisions and strategies during that time seem logical and defensible, and I know it's always easy to have the benefit of hindsight to point out where others went wrong, but of course the company did go wrong. Strategies such as creating a greater diversity in the product development team seem like a good idea although this led to the loss of valuable institutional knowledge. The pursuit of new blue ocean markets following the lead of the book Blue Ocean Strategy led Lego into the education space, an obvious and logical move, but one that was largely without a profitable business model. As kids around the world moved to electronic games and toys, Lego piled into the software and game development space, losing sight of what made the toy and the Lego system so loved by the millions of consumers around the world who were looking for an offline construction experience. The Harvard Business School professor Clayton Christensen, no relation to the founder of the business, worked on disruptive innovation and influenced the company and this pushed Lego out of its core market and towards a belief that while the Lego brick was its greatest strength, it was also its greatest limitation. This too proved to be a false assumption. Looking to the work of Henry Chesborough, who wrote extensively around open innovation, Lego embraced the, I quote, wisdom of the crowd. While this gave insight into the full extent of the fan base that Lego enjoyed, something that they had not experienced before, especially among adult, adult builders, there was also some missteps as they focused less attention on retailers who were their true customer rather than end users. In an attempt to explore the full spectrum of innovation, Lego developed theme parks and Lego stores. This, of course, gave the company a chance to create a dialogue with customers and users, but the diversification came at the cost of focus and profit. In the end, the truism that you can't be good at everything seemed to hold true for Lego in the late 90s and early 2000s. The book goes into great detail as regards how Lego and the new leadership team headed by Knutzdorp took on the challenges of an over-innovated company and returned it to stability, profitability and sustainability. This part of the book, by far the bulk of the narrative, follows each of the innovation truths, showing how the management team pulled back from the edge but kept the spirit of innovation and the original guiding principles of the company and the founder alive. It doesn't make much sense to recount each of these truths and the underlying examples presented in the book in this podcast, That would be tantamount to essentially retelling the story of the book, albeit in a very truncated way. What I offer instead is, and I think true to the Lego serious play system, is a set of simple guiding principles that I hope can be applied in a range of business sizes, types, and industries or verticals. Incidentally, the Lego serious play system, the system that I went to Denmark to learn a decade ago, was developed outside of Lego as a way of applying the principles of hands-on minds-on-play in a corporate setting. This system was used by Lego itself to try and find its way through these innovation challenges. 
So what I'll offer is five simple guided principles for not only moving a company such as Lego back to profitability, but to creating a sustainable platform and system for innovation. Number one, the first for Lego was to land the out-of-control rockets and arrest any further losses and damage. Um, I think this is done, at least for Lego and, and my guess is for other companies too, by reducing complexity in the business, returning back to a focus on the core customer and product, and uh, selling off non-essential assets. In the case of Lego, this was getting rid of their theme parks. Secondly, a return to basics. In Lego's case, this was a return to the brick. Essentially defining what is central to your business, what is your reason for being, and then rebuilding from there. Number three, creating simple benchmarks to guide all innovation. And these should include, among others, financial metrics or threshold return targets, and then adhering to these in a zealous manner. Number four, with a stable business, you can now begin to build a system of innovation across a matrix-like structure, from incremental to radical innovation, while protecting the core of the business and yet moving into new markets and new opportunities. And finally, as these innovations start to pay dividends, one can move to what Knutstorp called a bifocal perspective to meet short-term performance goals, as well as sowing the seeds for long-term success. Helpfully, the authors offer a few aggregated takeaways as well. They suggest that in developing an innovation strategy, you should consider that no single innovation truth stands alone. These should be seen much like Lego bricks as a system of of truths that lock together in unique combinations, depending on your business or circumstance. Secondly, sequence and cadence matter, starting with the customer and the core product, is always the beginning point, and then moving out from there. And finally, all innovation matters, but just not in the same way. Innovation is about saying no more often than you say yes. The trick, of course, is to know what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to. The Lego story is a cautionary tale, and this book offers deep insights into how even with the best intentions and substantial resources and advice, it can all still go spectacularly wrong. Innovation is so poorly understood and often very badly applied, and the Lego story gives hope that with a systematic and logical approach and a general avoidance of the latest fad or trend, one can not only return a company to profitability, but also create lasting and sustained innovation. I do hope the short book review was useful and that you it provided you with not just an appreciation for Lego the company, but some of the ways that innovation principles and truths can be applied. As always, I would love it if you shared this review so I can keep growing this community and please reach out to me with any of your thoughts and comments. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful week ahead. Thanks so much.